Welcome to Kemi Talks. I'm Dr. Kemi Omolulu-Olun Lawyer in Lagos, Nigeria. It's April 23rd, 2021. I'm a clinical pharmacist and investigative journalist and PR specialist. In this podcast, we're going to be doing journalism, investigative journalism. Mr. Woodbury, Olalekonwanle, real name. Mr. Woodbury is a social media personality on Instagram with Nigerians. He was arrested at the home of Hush Puppy Ramani Abbas, another Nigerian socialite who was arrested on the same day in Dubai in June of 2020, along with other people. The story is very, very perplexing because the U.S. authorities and the Dubai authorities have accused them of multi-million dollar fraud. Fraud which came from internet fraud, BEC scams, and so much more. Hush Puppy has been accused of allegedly stealing almost $480 million. That's a lot of money. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about what we know so far on the Woodbury case. The Woodbury case is not associated with the Hush Puppy case, which surprised many people, including we journalists. The U.S. government has not linked both cases. They're trying them separately. One is in Chicago, the other is in California. Woodbury's case is in Chicago. He's been held at the Metropolitan Correction Center in Chicago. Hush Puppy was also held there before he was handed over to the U.S. Marshals and he's headed for California. Now let's talk about Juan Lake. Lay aka Mr. Woodbury. He has an Instagram page, Mr. Woodbury. A lot of people just wake up every morning to see the next thing he's posted. Pictures beside cars, exotic places, pictures next to merchandise, basically designer bags in the stores, him wearing it, whatnot. Young Nigerians look up to these guys. They actually respect them and they have a huge fan base on their Instagram pages. Now, looking back on Lake Oponle, I investigated his life before he left Nigeria. I reached out to some of the people that knew him from childhood to South Africa to Dubai. And what I found out was very, very shocking and strange. Now let's go back to Nigeria. Lake Makwanle was born in an area called Ebutimeta in Lagos. Ebutimeta is just another neighborhood in Lagos. And some of his friends that they grew up together on Vaughan Street, Ebutimeta, knew that the parents left Vaughan Street after a while and they relocated to Egbeda. Egbeda is another neighborhood in Lagos State, Nigeria, and it's in a local government called Alimosho Local Government. Alimosho Local Government is very popular here. The senators, their reps, and you know, it's a huge community. And that's where his parents moved to. Now, when this story broke, a lot of Nigerian bloggers were writing all kinds of things out there. So it was very hard for people like me. I'm also a blogger and a journalist to really authenticate some of these things the bloggers were writing. So I made a call out and many of his friends who grew up with him and others who knew him on the streets 
contacted me and have authenticated all this information. Monley, Mr. Woodbury, has a lot of pictures that I've posted on my website. He actually traveled to South Africa at one point. Now, let me tell you a little bit about that whole South African deal. At one point, Nigerians were fleeing to certain countries at certain times. During the Abacha regime, a lot of Nigerians migrated to Ireland in Dublin. That's why we have a huge community there in Ireland. Asylum was easy. You had a reason to come in, not just visitations. So visa requirements became tighter. And then there was a period when Nigerians would move to South Africa. And they issued them visas. Many of them would get visitors' visas. It was very easy to get. And they go to South Africa. And when they get there to the friends' houses, they overstay their visas. And then they start getting into mischief, trouble, scamming, Yahoo, selling drugs. So many things have happened. You remember the xenophobia era? A couple of years ago, 2017 to 2019, when it was alleged that South Africans were killing Nigerians, and there was elements of xenophobia along with other countries. Nigeria had to send a plane down to pick his people up and so much more, but not everybody left. Well, when Olali Kukwonle was in South Africa, I'm not sure or clear of what kind of visa he got. I've sent information to the South African Embassy in Victoria Island. I have a picture of him on my website, actually on his way to the visa headquarters. A friend of his took it. At the end of the day, he traveled to South Africa, where he linked up with some of his friends, Opa Six. I don't know the real names of these guys, but they're Nigerians, social media, socialites, whatnot. Aremo Gucci, that's another guy. Aremo Gucci has a page, I believe, on Instagram. I don't know whether he's a musician or what, but he linked up with Opa Six and Aremo Gucci and others. And then... He started to do business with so many of his friends, not specifically Opa Six and Aremo Gucci, okay? It could be with anybody else. While he was working with them, the nature of the job unknown, but some sources told me they were not really working. They were working in hacking accounts and stealing money allegedly. Olale Kokonle attended Our Lady of Mount Carmel Nursery and Primary School and has an older sister who lives with the mother. The older sister and the mother live in an upscale area of Lagos called Leki. Leki is a highbrow area. Now, I'll get back to the mother and the sister later. While they were in South Africa, it is known that many Nigerians were selling drugs and doing a lot of internet fraud. Molly was said to have been in the first hit. The first hit, these are terms when you've hacked somebody's computer or you've scammed somebody with this 419 advance fee fraud scams. There are a lot of scams out there, romance scams. Young Nigerians opening profiles on Facebook, on Instagram, putting the pictures of U.S. servicemen on there who are trying to fall in love with women and women on the other side are responding, sending them money when a Nigerian is actually sitting behind the computer. We know of the scams. Even the FBI has even documented the scams 
to be, you know, to be, to create awareness, basically. So the first hit was the money scam called Alibaba. The Alibaba scam reportedly was on a street level. I heard that Kwon Lee was in Sandton, S-A-N-D-T-O-N, a small town in South Africa then. He had a dispute with some of his buddies, co-scammers, regarding the sharing formula of the funds made. Those boys wanted to set him up and kill him. Some of them were cultists, cult boys. The word cultists and cult boys is what you'll hear in Nigeria, but in America, the term is gang members. Gang members are typically armed with guns, knives, and other weapons. And they will kill you, they will rob you, they sell drugs, they do a lot of things. These cult boys allegedly set him up and planned to kill him. When he found out the plan, he fled South Africa to Dubai, where he linked up with Hush Puppy. Hush Puppy, the other alleged scammer, arrested in the U.S. custody with the marshals. When he linked up with Hush Puppy, he was actually working with Hush Puppy. And as you know, the FBI is saying Hushpuppy was involved in a lot of BEC, business email compromise scams, because the money that they found on that side is a lot. I'm not sure again about the amount of millions of dollars found in their house, but it was quite a lot. And Hushpuppy is known to be posting pictures of stashes of $10,000 notes, you know, and even spraying it at parties and so much more. I know they found up to 47 laptops, 26 phones, and a lot of things. So I, I can understand what they meant by he was working with Hush Puppy, as in, if you find 47 laptops, 20-something phones, and maybe $20 million in cash in someone's house, that house is also an office of some sort. Maybe there was a room in the Palazzo, is it Palazzo? Palazzo Versace apartments, the upscale high-brow apartment that Hushpuppy lived and was arrested at. Maybe they had a room there, the computer room, where they were hacking everything from companies to, they even attempted to get 10 million pounds out of the Premier League, the Football League, accounts, bank accounts of many companies, law firms, individuals, name it. The hacking was very elaborate and active. And as you guys know, the Dubai police raided the place and arrested everybody. There are some people that were arrested that I'm understanding they're no longer in Dubai. They're in Nigeria now. I don't know the real names of these guys. F.A. Martins and Tony Romer are living their lives in Nigeria with their families. I have no idea whether they were released on bail or they fled or they jumped bail. I don't even know their real names, but these guys all had Instagram profiles and all they did was show off with money, cards, and so much more. Now, even though Hush Puppy and Woodbury's case were not linked or tried together in the States, I'm still gonna come back to it because there is a link. And as I said, even the US authorities don't know the whole story. Everything's a little deep. Now, Woodbury has already left and he moved to Dubai. Did he ever return to South Africa? Possibly not. I didn't ask. 
but he still had access to Nigeria. He bought a big house in Lekki, where his mother lives. I'm not going to disclose the address of that house because of security reasons and privacy reasons for the mother and sister. The last post Woodbury made was a Range Rover, a very expensive Range Rover that he had just gifted his mom. At the end of the day, he loved his mother, he took care of his mother, and he took care of his sister. However, Woodbury lived a reckless life with the internet scam. One of the things that got him into trouble was the remnants of all the scamming he did. The remnants of all the scamming he did was on his phone. Some of the BEC emails were on his phone and he had not deleted them. So his phone obviously ended up in the hands of Dubai police and the FBI where the forensic experts analyzed the contents of the phone and in it they did find a lot of BEC emails, bank accounts, names of people scammed and so much more. It's a shame because he did not cover his tracks up. Now, Woodbury, he lived large in South Africa and I told you that he fled South Africa after a big scam where he literally didn't want to share the money equally. Alibaba, and they tried to kill him, attempted murder, he fled. Personally, I don't know of him having a girlfriend. When they have this much money, these young men, they just have different women. They said he's a football fan, Manchester United. He loved Manchester United. Imagine, Hushpuppy was there trying to break into the Premier League. They couldn't hack that. It was so hard. They, would have tried, they tried to get 10 million pounds British money out of the Premier League, but they failed. You know, the FBI had already you know, gotten into the investigation and they were watching them. Now imagine them getting into the Premier League and hacking, and, but yet they're also fans. All the money, salaries of players, tickets sold. Now some fraudsters get in and steal your money. It disturbs me how young Nigerians are praising these guys. You know, oh, when are they getting out? So they should release them. Not seeing an inch of what they have done here, ruined so many lives. Woodbury was said to carry a lot of prostitutes around and pay them a lot of money. Nigerian female celebrities, not specific to Nolly with the film industry, but several female celebrities will travel to Dubai and Woodbury will smash them. In other words, he'll have sex with them for huge sums of money. Literally, those ladies were prostituting, selling their bodies for Woodbury to have a night with them and give them money. These same celebrities are reportedly shocking. I saw the list of names that some of his friends gave me. These same ladies are the ones putting up motivational quotes about hard work on their pages. 
when all their money, cars and houses they're buying in Nigeria came from some of the proceeds of the scamming allegedly committed by Woodbury. I'm Kemi Olunloyo, a Nigeria journalist, and I'm talking about Woodbury Olalekonponle. His case is here and is sitting in Chicago, and the next hearing is in May of 2021. Today is April 23rd. We have May 19th, literally about five weeks, four weeks left for the next hearing. The last hearing was April 7th, 2021, and in that hearing, I usually get in through the PACER system. Most journalists would dial into the courts. Because of COVID, everything's virtual. And in that case, it was just a non-status conference, status conference hearing. Basically, lawyers appear in front of the judge, tell the judge what exactly is the latest. And at that status conference, they basically told the judge that they're going to add one more lawyer to the case. And I think that lawyer might be somebody, you know, who is, you know, who has some kind of connection to Woodbury personally or from Nigeria. But they told the judge that they want to use that time, the month, to analyze the contents of his phone, what the FBI said they found in his phone. And according to Woodbury's friends who spoke to me, on condition of anonymity, okay, that the BC scams are actually his. They were on his phone, he didn't he did not delete it. He forgot. And now they're gonna use it against him. Very very sad, isn't it? Now, the list of the celebrities that he has sex with is quite extensive. But that's not new in Nigeria because some of the celebrities who fund their cars, their houses and everything, but they'll say they're doing hard work, but it, they weren't. A lot of Woodbury's friends were very upset. They were mad when telling me that they had legitimate receipts and they had lists of people, women who went out there to have sex with him. And that some of them even insulted him, okay, when he stopped sending them money after their one night stands. He would have one night stands and then he wouldn't send them money again. They'll want more and it's, it's amazing what I saw. Now, Regarding the case, like I said, another lawyer is going to be rendering assistance to Michael Nash, the current lawyer, okay? And we're going to see who that is in May. Now, Hush Puppy was arrested alongside Woodbury, or the other way around. Woodbury was arrested alongside Hush Puppy. If you were in Hush Puppy's house that day, that fateful afternoon, you went with the police. It was a big raid. Instagram, Google, all the GPS system helped the authorities locate where he was. Of course, he always turns on his location on his phone. Something I've always told people not to turn on because of the state of insecurity in Nigeria. Now, after he was arrested, well, how can we call this one? The target was not Woodbury. The target was Ash Puppy. It was unfortunate to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But was it the wrong place at the wrong time? Was it his office? Did Woodbury have his own apartment in Dubai? And we've seen Woodbury and Hushpuppy going to buy cars, Rolls Royce, cooling hands, and showing off and everything. But was it his office he was caught at? And he lived somewhere else? No one knows. We're talking about 47 computers. 
23 phones and a lot of cash found in the house. Could have been caught at his office. Could have been caught in the computer room of Hushpuppy's house. The analysis on his phone is very, very tough. For me, as an analyst in journalism, what I would say in this case is that the way I've analyzed it, Woodbury would be given a choice of a ju judge or jury trial. There's a lot of things the lawyers have to take in consideration. How did they arrive in America? Was it legal? Okay, because I remember the first lawyer that Hush Puppy had. Hush Puppy has changed his lawyers since then. Okay, um, Shapiro. Louis Shapiro is Hush Puppy's lawyer now. But Jill Pizeski and Vicky Pritabeski, the former lawyers that Hush Puppy fired, were looking at several defenses. His real estate firm and also his association, you know, with... Um, let me see this way. You know, what he did for a living. How did he get all this money? The real estate firm and the way they were transported to America. Were they deported? No. Deportation is you're going back to your country. Hushpuppy reportedly carried a St. Nevison kid's passport. We all know that he doesn't have a Nigerian passport anymore. He tore it up on tape and said he renounced the citizenship by himself by mouth and he carried a St. Nevis and Kids passport which he bought for a hundred thousand dollars. You can buy those passports basically, invest in those countries. They even give you a job in the government. If you're not going on the world you don't know. Immigration, the biggest scam to mankind. So if they were deported, they'd be deported to St. Nevis and Kids, at least hush puppy. But that's not what happened. They carried them from a third country. Hush puppy was already deported they wanted in Nigeria. For money laundering, he said that he laundered two billion naira for a politician, a Nigerian politician. Through two successive governments, they've not been able to arrest him or extradite him back home. The EFCC even spoke about that, you know, at one point, saying he may be extradited to Nigeria. No, his crimes are more, his alleged crimes are far more important, okay, than coming to Nigeria because Nigeria can't extradite him to the U.S. That's where it gets difficult. So what the FBI did along with the Dubai police was to go get him. And that's called extraordinary rendition. When authorities come to a third country to pick somebody up, when they're on the run from their own country, they might be on the run, be in exile in Dubai or whatever they want to call it. They've committed a crime in their own country and the authorities say, oh, you committed a crime in our own country so we're coming to get you over there. Because technically, you cannot say extradition, okay? Woodbury, Hush Puppy were not extradited to the States. The United Arab Emirates has no extradition treaty with the U.S. Even if they were Nigerian citizens, or say Nevis or whatnot, they literally kidnapped them. Pizeski was going to use one of those um, defense whatevers, but a lot of people... We're wondering, wait a minute, what's this? Nigerians don't understand much of this stuff. But according to my sources in the Hush Puppy family, they didn't need that. They got rid of those lawyers. I think it was a bad mistake. Because if a judge finds out that they actually brought them in via extraordinary rendition, it could amount to kidnapping and violation of civil rights. And the case dismissed. 
And this is why the FBI, the U.S. lawyers, the U.S. attorneys have to really weigh this thing very well. Now back to Woodbury, who happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Everybody was there. Well, how come Oshpapi and Woodbury were the only ones taken? Even if Oshpapi was the, 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 the goal of the arrest and the raid, why did they take Woodbury with them? They found a lot of incriminating evidence on his phone and they also found that he worked very closely with Hushpuppy. Now, a lot of you remember the situation when I came out of the prison when they persecuted me and I was very ill and I was raising medical funds where I asked Hushpuppy and many celebrities to please donate. You remember Hushpuppy told me he wouldn't donate until I write an open letter begging a blogger, Linda Ikeji, and then he'll give me. So I wrote the letter, I did a video, and he still didn't give me any money. And they were laughing at me. It was very upsetting to see that. And the story faded away. And some people thought he actually gave me the money. No, he didn't. So they go to his page. They go post under that particular post. He made that post on his page to say uh, the journalist who were trying to help is the very person that reported your demise. And I said to that person, I said, yeah, that's news. News is news, no favors, and he never gave me any money, just to let you know. When he didn't give me the money, I actually posted that Hush is a scammer for not giving me the money. Sadly, that's what the U.S. government is accusing him of now. Money for ventilators and stuff. And a lot of money from different companies in the world. Even if the United States prosecutes Hush Puppy, many countries also need him to come and face time. How is that done? Something like that has never been done in the world ever before. Where somebody wanted in what, 16 to 30 countries. If the U.S. gives Hush Puppy 20 years in prison, which is what it's facing, does he have to finish the 20 years before he goes to trial to another country? The whole thing is just a mess. As for Hush Puppy, I doubt if it's coming out anytime soon. Hush Puppy might be in prison for life. And if he comes and does a plea deal, and maybe they give him 10 years or 15 years or anything, when he comes out, he has to be deported to his country. So they will not deport him to Nigeria. They're going to deport him to St. Nevis and Kids. But what about the other countries where he's allegedly robbed and stolen from? Somebody's going to extradite him from the United States to their country to face a watch is going to be inside the hands of the law police in different countries interpol name that what sort of life is that why is greed such such an addiction for some of these people why and this is how olale konkonle woodbury got into trouble himself because of greed when he did a street level scam and they collected a lot of money in South Africa. He did not want to share it with the other boys. So they planned to kill him. He got a hold of the plan and he fled for his life. It begins that way. Greed. Didn't want to share the money. The same thing Hushwapi reportedly did. That some Romanian hackers were the ones that actually did the hacking. And Hushwapi was supposed to give them their cut. He laundered money. I still find it hard to believe that Hushpuppy knows how to do a BEC or hack a computer. I still believe that his own job was moving the money. But of course, look at all the computers they found in his house. Who exactly was running those systems? 47 computers. 
at the end of the day. Whether he knows how to hack or not, there were hackers working around the world with him. And the Romanian hackers were very prominent, reportedly, according to my source in the FBI, Ukrainian and Romanian hackers. But by the time Hush Puppy went to his first hearing, the courts heard that he had collaborated with North Korean hackers. When North Korean hackers was mentioned, the case becomes political. It affects national security of the United States. 100 million for COVID ventilators, 30% for Hush Puppy for moving the money, laundering it, 70% for the hackers. Hush Puppy reportedly kept the whole 100% and did not give the hackers their money. He double-crossed them and they're the ones that blew the whistle. The story of greed, the story of shame, the story of internet fraud, and the story of the Nigerian youth, mostly young men, 18 to 25, who want to be rich, who are following the social media internet personalities, showing their riches is destroying the country. What is the bigger picture? The Nigerian government. Government after government, presidents and administrations after administration, no one has provided for the youth of Nigeria. Create jobs, train them in everything that will make them money. They even cut cryptocurrency, a way to trade and make money. Anything for the progress of the youth in Nigeria, the governments have never cared. So they wanna make this big money. They are robbing, armed robbery, they're kidnapping, they're asking for Bitcoin and kidnaps now in Nigeria. They're doing a lot of fraud. And they are also doing internet and BEC fraud. They found their niche and it's now a world problem. The story of Woodbury and Hushpuppy continues when their trial goes in full effect. M. Kemi, Amalulu Olunlayer, Nigerian journalist, pharmacist, and PR specialist. You can follow me at Kemi Olunlayer on every social media, at Kemi Olunlayer TV on YouTube. Thanks for listening this 23rd of April, 2021. Woodbury, the Yahoo years. Thank you.